Looking for work? Better pay? Better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Now for the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis here. On a Tuesday, the phone lines, they are open if you want to get in here. 8150-939, appreciate Dave Bartu from the CFB Matrix for joining us and talking about uh, Jeff Brom. I'd encourage you to go back uh, and listen to that uh, awfully positive uh, about Jeff Brom. Thinks Louisville really uh, kind of broke with what the norm is in college football and actually did find a championship caliber coach who also actually likes the job and isn't just climbing up a ladder but wants to be there. Uh, and he thinks Louisville is going to be uh, swimming in much better waters in the ACC uh, going forward there. Uh, and his words were, again, Jeff Brom is a championship caliber coach and a quote-unquote badass. So we'll take that. We'll take both of those. So I encourage you to listen to that. And then Jeff Greer, uh, who uh, didn't hold back equally uh, there about how poorly this year has gone. And and I think if you listen to the podcast, read the newsletter, listen to that interview just now, the, I think the th- – one thing that Jeff has called more attention to than just about anybody else is the the failure to, I think, have the team play in such a way that is like its own acknowledgement that it has issues. You know, like it's the coach's job to know like when they're not good at something. And I'm so glad he brought up the burn. You know, those years of those Notre Dame teams before they really got things kind of figured out and became a fun team on the offensive end. It was miserable to play them. They just walked the ball up. They used the entire shot clock. They took their precious time uh, inbounding the ball. They never let you get going. And it it was frustrating to teams like Louisville that wanted to get up and down the floor uh, a little bit under Rick. Uh, But what it was was the most clever use of the limited resources they had. And a lot more times than not, it gave them a chance to win games that on paper – you, you would think they probably didn't have much of a chance to win or have much of a business thinking that they could win. And I think if, if you grant Kenny and the staff so far this year everything about the roster that they had not much of an opportunity or a chance to change much of anything uh, and that the far more of the responsibility falls on the players uh, and that you know basically no coach would be having a, you know, a very good year with this roster and that sort of thing, if you grant all of that, it still is not as good as it ought to be. Like even if they were awful this year, they should be a different kind of awful. You know, if they they should be losing in a different way, and you should be able to see. I think this is the most valid criticism of him. You should be able to see what he's trying to do, and can't because he's limited by personnel. That. Like you should be able to see the through line from sort of where they are to where they want to be and that he just needs dudes. And the best example of that, I think, around here that we've seen is is Charlie's first two years here. You, you saw Louisville, like they played their rear ends off. They changed how they played philosophically, even throughout the first year. And then in the second year, just changed offenses altogether uh, to Sean Watson from, from Crazy Mike Stanford, uh, Sanford. But they, they did that, but you could see there were games where they just didn't have enough horses to keep up with some of the better teams. But they completely sold out. It was a great game plan, and they they sometimes they just lost. But you could tell, like, if they had dudes, like, this would be 
excellent. Like you can't you you can't say that right now. And the feeling I think that people would feel better about losses if they felt like it was in spite of everything they did. But it it doesn't feel like that. And I think Kenny's got one job. Dustin tweeted at us this season, top to bottom, it's been a nightmare. Fans can't wake up from. Nothing KP says gives me confidence he's the right guy for the job. Ever. It's a little strong. But right now, when you're not winning, I, I understand why somebody would say that. But that is the job for Kenny from here to the end of the year. Is It's got to become crystal clear to other people what he brings to the table. And what, you're, what his contribution to turning Louisville basketball around is going to be. I think right now... It's, it would be pretty difficult to, to say definitively, like, they're better at this because of him. Because when Josh gets to the end of the year and starts evaluating things, like, I think he's got to be able to say with clarity, it's, we know we're getting this, and then what can we do differently? Or what can we get you in terms of resources or people or personnel or help or whatever it is so that you these weaknesses or whatever of yours are, are shored up some? And then you are more freed up to sort of exercise what you're good at. And I think the, the scariest part of this whole year is, is the, that I thought it would be the people part that he would just be so obviously good at from day one. And I thought Chris Mack was just such a putz sometimes. And, and the players are beat down, uh, and, and, and he just looked like he was suffering every day, uh, that the, the people part would be easy. And it's, it's been worse. And I, I definitely did not see that coming. 8150939. That's uh, the number if you want to get in here, and we'll start things off with Chris. Chris, thanks for waiting. Welcome into the drive, and I think about what's up. Hey, big guy. Uh, I got a quick question for you because I kind of brought it up a couple weeks ago, but then I want to really focus on what you didn't want to talk about today <laughs> is, is basketball because I uh, was listening when you started the show, and I feel, feel for you because this is not fun. But anyway, uh, the Indiana football series. Um, is that uh, any update on what that situation is or what it's looking like? Yeah, Chris, let me give you uh, your props, first of all. You you called in on a Friday yep. and said that Indiana was going to try to get out of that series, and it was being reported, I think, the following Thursday at the Yule yep. meeting that, 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 that they are trying to do that. My understanding of where things are right now, Chris, is that they – Neither side thinks it's feasible to get out of this game that's going to get played this year in, in yeah, Indianapolis, yeah. that there's just not enough time to reasonably right. find a game for either one of them. Uh, and right. that I would, if I had to bet you any amount of money, they will play that game, and then IU will figure some settlement way out of the other two games. Okay. I'd love to, love to have this year's game. Uh, you take what you get, and then you yep. move on from that. Um, you know, regard, you know uh, I, I remember... Howard Snellenberger, his very first year. And things obviously didn't go well for Howard. Uh, he, he, we all knew that he was building something. But uh, I remember one of his quotes, and I'll, I probably got the one key word wrong, but he said, these are my duds. Or, these, are, these guys are duds, but they're my duds. <laughs> okay? Uh, they were his kids, and he never, ever, you know, ever shied away from saying they're my kids and we'll get it fixed. But, uh, he didn't put blame on anybody. He knew, he knew he was building something, you know, I don't, nobody has the magic wand. Uh, but I can't even, I cannot even listen to Kenny Payne. Uh, and when you played that clip about, uh, teammates were laughing at this kid, uh, because he was trying to communicate, I mean, that's, that's just another nail in my coffin here uh, with at least not listening to anything that Kenny has to, to say. I don't see anything, nothing. Uh, the, the Syracuse game keeps getting brought up, and I totally agree with that. That's the only game where I thought there was any coaching at all uh, done. The rest of these games, just they look like mirror images of the previous games. I just, there's nothing there. These kids are, can't be this bad. You can't tell me that those, those uh, non-conference games early in the season, that we weren't better than every one of those teams that we played. And yet we found ways to lose. I, I mean, 
uh, he's got his job is to find ways to win games with what he's got. I'm sorry you don't have Michael Jordan or Daryl Griffith or 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 Mitchell Donovan Mitchell on the team, but you've got top hundred kids here for Christ's sakes. There was nobody on that Bellarmine team that could out athletic anybody on our ball on our, on the Cardinal team, and they just they schooled them. They schooled them. And I'm tired of being schooled. But this thing, uh, it's okay to start from scratch, and that's what we're going to have to do, however we define scratch. But, I mean, the young man that came in from the from Tennessee uh, that's, you know, he's just joined in on the fray. He's outnumbered. Uh, I mean, you, you know, if he had any, any good uh, attitude about him, that probably got knocked out of him after a couple of weeks of playing with, you know, this mentality that evidently is is just hovering uh, around these guys. And I'm not sure the right kids left. <laughs> uh, maybe the wrong kids stayed. Um, Withers is an, is an anomaly to me. I mean, I, I can't even stand watching him play. I mean, I, I see no hustle. The only time I see him raise his arms above his head is when he's on the offensive end and he's waving him his arms letting everybody know he's open. But, you know, tell me that uh, you see him uh, waving his arms on defense above his head. That ain't going to happen. And the other thing, I, I got myself so worked up, I think <laughs> I just forgot my, my next great Man, story. I've done it. I've done it. I feel, <laughs> Chris, I feel I, you, I mean, buddy. I I've done I it. I lost it. But anyway, but I mean, oh, I know what it was. How many times have we drawn a charge? <laughs> huh? I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty doggone simple. I don't recall seeing, watching, of course, I turn the games off sometimes, you know. But uh, anyway, I never see us draw a charge. We're never in position to do it. I mean, that is elementary as, as God of anything. But have you, do you recall them drawing a charge? I think there's been a random one, but it does, it's not like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, almost. Yeah, yeah. The right place, right time, not necessarily like somebody doing yeah, something it was clever. It by accident. Yeah. And probably, believe yeah. you, they helped the guy get up and say, sorry, got in your way there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but anyway, I, you know, it, it's going to take time, uh, but I, I, I'm off the train. I'm off. Uh, my train is, uh, I, crashed in, uh, I crashed into the depot a couple weeks ago, uh, maybe at the beginning of the whole thing. But anyway, uh, I don't see it, uh, and I, I can't stand listening to these excuses and these silly uh, you know, I feel sorry for Paul Rogers doing those uh, those interviews in that post game show, and you know, and then when your all's commercials come on about getting ticks, ticks, and I'm like, oh my God, now you poor souls, you. I feel so bad for you all too, having to sit here and, and talk about this stuff. But anyway, got to take the bad with the good, right? Yeah, that's it. You're exactly right. Thank you so much, Chris. Well, I appreciate the call, buddy. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Thank you so much, and I appreciate uh, the tip on the uh, the IU series. He was asking about the, the report a couple of weeks ago now that uh, Indiana's looking to get out of that series. Again, I, I think the fortunate thing for Louisville is that they're going to play that game this year, uh, and then I, I think IU's going to pay them to get out of the other two. That seems and I will logical. never let that. Uh, I will never let anyone forget about that. Have you ever had someone call in before and give a tip about breaking news that happened like the next day? Yeah, that, but that, I mean that's up there. That's we've had a few uh, over the years, but not not a ton. Uh, but th- like that one was was there, like for sure. Yeah, because I just caught. Like, I was like, I've heard no rumblings about this whatsoever. And then Bozik next day is reporting that they're trying to get out. Yeah, I'm with you though. This year this is not feasible, but it's like a million per game, so two million dollars more for UVL. I'll he- take that. Here's what uh, the only thing I would wonder about that the IU series and Tom Allen wanting to get out of that game or whoever it is, who who broaches that conversation, right? Like, does it was it was it Tom Allen that, that comes to the athletic director and is like, look, we were feeling pretty chesty a couple of years ago, but now looking at what the Big Ten's probably going to be in a couple of years, I'm not sure I want to do this, or is it the AD that's like, look, you kind of sucky right now. And they hire the guy that whips your ass like all the time. You sure you want to do this? Maybe we can try to get out of this? Maybe do a bowl game? Something like that? Like who approached who about getting out of the Louisville series because it's not going very well right yeah, now? I just wonder if Louisville can reach out to Cincinnati and be like, hey, let's get the keg of nails back, especially the center field element to it. Like, if you're an AD, 
and your coach comes to you, like, like I would take like that's a bad sign. Like if it if it was coach initiated and your coach comes, she's like, look, man, I'm just trying to make a bowl game. Can we get rid of that one? I'm like, how about we get rid of you? I'm trying to think if like there's any equivalent team that I would be like that. Like well, Brom, like because he beat Ohio State too. So like it can't be like and we don't have any Ohio State future games, but that'd be something. It's like. I'm trying to think of a scenario where we I think Louisville's got hard enough games in the future too with Georgia and Texas A&M. A&M and Wait, all who knows who's coaching that right. game? No, I, I don't. That's true. I don't. Uh, I, I don't know about uh, trying to replace it with somebody awesome. I actually really liked someone kind of regionally uh, relevant, but also kind of a peer. And when it was announced, you know, IU was ascendant a little bit. It was they were up to up to respectability, but it was going to be a good series. Like, all right, is it different? We never hardly see it. Kentucky won't play them. You know, like there were lots of sort of good little juicy storylines for it. Uh, that's just the way the downsides to, to doing those better. contracts ten years out. Oh, like I get true. why football, especially with you know three, four non-conference games, and now with expansion, who knows how the non-conference games are going to go? I wouldn't mind playing Cincinnati uh, again. I would, certainly wouldn't be afraid of playing them uh, anytime soon. I think that would be fun because we know they're going to run to the left or short side, whatever it is. They are second twelve. They are running the ball. I'm told. Uh, listen, I'm going to. Uh, I read a quote like he hired an offensive coordinator that uh, was was in the MAC and is very uh, familiar with you know the Ohio and he brought him in and gave some quotes at least about bringing in like a new perspective on throwing the ball and stuff like that. And I was like, if this guy totally changes now, I'm be furious. So I'm totally going to watch hate watch at least a little bit. I think you have to. Like just because, a little bit, a right? little bit. It's just nice, you know, a peer program and the Big Twelve move. Just see how that goes. Honestly, that's more compelling too. No, I want to see if he's going to run it on second twelve every time. I'm just trying to picture like him going like against Texas, or Oklahoma next year, and those teams just air the ball out. And he's just like, "What's this style of football? Let's just run the ball." Eighty-one fifty ninety-three nine. That's uh, the number if you want. To get in here, 3831-939 for the UPS Jobs text line. People are passionate uh, about this. Uh, and again, I, I truly think the the one job Kenny's got between now and the end of the year is to to make crystal clear what Jeff uh, Greer, not Jeff Brum, that would be interesting, Jeff Greer said, which is it, when, when we get to the end of the year, if you can't a- answer with a crystal clear answer, like what is where has Kenny made the team better? Where is his like his demonstrable uh contribution to Louisville basketball getting better? Where is it? Then then it's going to be a real challenge to to justify bringing him back at all. And that that's what I think is the the challenge and the scary part for so is is the little things Something had to get better, and it, like truly, in terms of measurables and statistics and something, nothing has improved. And what coaches say, by the way, in these post game press conferences, stuff, the opposing teams, that sort of thing, they're not going to kill each other in these things. So, I don't put a lot of stock in what the opposing coach has to say about how things are going uh, for Louisville. The only one I would probably listen to would be Jim Bayon because he is very obviously at that age where he just doesn't give a crap what anyone thinks. Like it's not so much a coaching strategy or philosophy thing. I think he's just an old man, and wants to say whatever he wants to say. But the others, it's a fraternity. They they sort of uh, defend one another. I did want to say, uh, and say, <laughs> when Chris was asking, like, have, have they drawn any charges? I think they have. I don't know how many of them are are like clever. You know, good positioning. And however many are lucky, but it it did get me to to quickly think like, you know, I've said even in this show today, it it would play well with fans if it felt like the struggles were bothersome to the players and to the coaches on the floor when it's happening. Like it's one thing to get steamrolled; it's another to get steamrolled with slumped shoulders and just sort of meekly watch it happen and so when he when chris asked like do you, have they drawn any charges he's getting at effort and intensity and that sort of thing has louisville been called for a flagrant foul this year like has louisville just like a dirty foul like some a frustration foul 
something like that, like intentional, something like that. Has one guy lost his cool and just blasted the other guy trying to uh, lay it in or something? Like, has, has that happened one time this year? Like, I know what Chris was getting at with the charges, but like, it's the the comp- the very same thing we're talking about when we're saying uh, that a core four is coming to practice and the players are like, what is what is this? Uh, and they're kind of mocking his his effort level and that sort of thing. Has there been one one player who like the losing and the sloppiness like makes their blood boil? Has there been one? How about a fight? How about a fight between players? Is there one guy who's like, f the rest of you guys? I hate what I see and go after him in the huddle or whatever. Has there been any of that? That would make the games a lot more entertaining, honestly, at this point. <laughs> no, but yeah, I'm with you. You haven't seen much of the fight with these guys lately. Just, I would have a hard time believing that there's like a lot of sleepless nights about any of this. I mean, I know like me and you would do post game shows, and it felt like with football, with Satterfield, it was like, did he even care? Like, he just seems like he just walked, like, went to bed, he like drove home after the press conference went to sleep and just didn't wasn't phased by any of the things that happened with them boundaries are for winners when you are losing no one wants to see you have a healthy work-life balance they don't i would like i would like to feel like it's killing you it's like fans feel good about that they feel better about it it's got to at least make you as sick as it makes me I mean, you've heard coaches all the time say, like, oh, I spend, like, X amount of hours in the office in the week. I don't see my family or my kids that often. See, I don't want to hear any of that. Yeah, you don't want to hear that necessarily. That's a little to the extreme, but you see. I don't want you to be a martyr. But don't be, like, minimal effort either. No, you remember when Louisville's losing and and it looks like Rick Pitino has, like, a terminal illness? Like, you know, he looks like it was torture to him. Oh, yeah. That's what people want to see. Like, Bob Pitino, if we're not careful, he'll murder someone between now and the locker room. You know, after a loss. Like, that's what people want to see more of, at least. And it, it, the general idea that this doesn't seem to even really be bothering people uh, is, is bothersome. Let's get uh, Miguel in here. If you want to follow him, you can. Uh, 81593. Miguel, welcome into the drive. What's up? Hey, guys. Um, yeah, boundaries are for winter. Coffee is for closers. You got it. All of it. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, your comments around, um, you know, the optics re- resonated with me and, and in, at every turn in every way imaginable, Kenny is, Kenny just is tone deaf, just doesn't get it, just doesn't seem to care. Look, I, I don't necessarily doubt that he's a competitor. I mean, but the fact that it would even be questionable, I don't want that for my coach and you're right uh rick putting rick and kenny in the same sentence is is like it's not even fair uh but rick would look like he was about to pass a kidney stone yeah um he just couldn't even handle it and this dude is yucking it up in the handshake line and like just doesn't seem to really care man he like uh he really truly looks like he just mails it in and I have a hard time believing that's the case, but it should have seemed that way. And um, I'm with Chris, uh, the prior caller, man. I can't listen to him in, in press conferences. I don't even know what he's talking about. And it's such garbage, BS, just cliche, crap, nothing that is tangible or just relevant. It's just garbage i i hear his voice and i'm like i'm done i I can't listen to this anymore and i've i've turned a corner man um in that i i was still going to every game like i've i've gone every game up until the pit game you know the last home game and and now just because i mean i was nothing more than knocking down a few coldies you know with my friends but i'm done now man uh i want nothing more Uh, my my only hope uh because look They've taken our winner. Like, this sucks, right? I mean, winner, everyone has said, you, you build your winner. I mean, you like, winter doldrums are terrible, and, like, my schedule is around, you know, fun stuff around basketball games. Yeah. Right? That's what we all love, right? But you know what, man? Um, that's been take, 
to me. I can't even watch college basketball. It's I, I am not going to the Yum Center. I want empty seats in the Yum Center. I want a message to Josh that this can't continue. It will be a it's a train wreck. Nobody in my seats. I'm not giving away my seats. I'm not selling them. I'm eating them, and I won't renew next year. And I I want Josh to see that. I want him to know it, and I want him to make a move. He has to. Appreciate the call, uh, Miguel. Thank you so much. Yeah, look, I think that uh, the economics can become inevitable at some point. Uh, the fan base, I think, would have to be really dragged even further uh, than where they are right now to where that would happen. Uh, and there would just be like an utter collapse of, of to a financial level to where they have no choice. But the fact that we're talking about that at all is, is the alarm that should be going off in everyone's uh, minds that it's even feasible. Like it's not out of the question that they just have no choice financially. It's not crazy. And I don't begrudge any fan who who thinks like Miguel does. Uh, and it's not and it's not my responsibility to convince any of you to do that. It's Kenny Payne's responsibility to do that. Like that's what all the money that he gets is for and he gets a lot more than me. A lot. And you. That's shocking. I'm surprised. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. He, he only has big, two more wins than me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, the next best job behind a, co- a coach. Easy for you to say, huh? Is a, yeah, I can't speak today. <laughs> the next best job behind a coach is a fire coach because they still make a lot of money. That's <laughs> the best job. That is 100%. A fired coach working in television, still getting the buyout and on TV. That That is, is a great That's well, like, the, the I, best. I was reading today the reason that, you know, Patriots kind of had Matt Patricia and just like waited the Patriots for a second was because the Lions were still paying Patricia all that money from that buyout so that Belichick had him in like an analyst role or in the upper. That's what, uh, that's what Nick Saban also does. A lot of those coaches who go to the, uh, you know, the Nick Saban Academy of coaches exactly. who don't coach good, like that's. They're all on buyouts, and they don't pay them anything. That's the best gig. I was like, hey, I can, you know, still work with the, the team, and you know, I mean, it's not again, it's not a good position to be because he, they don't want to be head coaches again. But still, you're getting paid by another organization, and you can work somewhere else. Why not do that? By the way, texture does remind me when we had Dave Bartour on earlier. I did miss a golden opportunity to ask him exactly where he grades Brian Van Gorder on like the all-time coaching uh, scale. There, I did miss that opportunity. That's a fair critique of me. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. That's <laughs> the first question. The first question. The first question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Texture disagrees with this. He says this. He says, this talk is truly pathetic. Uh, the inference that KP doesn't care is absolutely pathetic. It's going to suck to the end of the year. The constant gutter talk is exhausting. The callers are becoming a mob that thrives on the negativity. Listen, I, Texture, I don't, I don't agree with, with that. I, yeah, I don't think... You can blame this on irrationality. This, we are, you have to admit, we're seeing basketball we have never, ever seen here before. We have never seen a Louisville basketball team, any of us in our lives, that, that looks like this. And I'm not just talking about the raw record, it's the how, it's what they look like getting there. Uh, that we've, we, you, you can't be surprised that you're seeing more elevated responses to this than you've ever seen before. This is the worst it's ever been. There's no reason to pretend like that's not true. So I don't, I don't know when, for a text like that, I don't know what we're supposed to, what that person expects. How, what, what would you like it to, to sound like? I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know what the answer to that is. I just, can't imagine like any positives like we've seen nothing outside like the western kentucky game and that has been you know the anomaly in all of the season was that game where they just shot lights out they defend it well and they won by double digits like we haven't seen a game like that all year to where you can take like there was a few that brief stretch early in january acc play where it's like they're losing but they're looking good and losing to say that the only thing i, I would add uh in response to that text is, is that they are, I think, textures who say things like that are accurately capturing one thing. There's really, when you're not winning, there's really uh, nothing that a coach can say, pure, like just say, to make it 
then like that's I, I understand that part of it. But I don't think that there's anything that a coach can say that will just make it better. There's no so Kenny's doesn't have a lot of great options. The team just has to get better. Don't worry about anything else. And maybe a core four is the answer. What what if? How fun would that be? That dude would be like the most loved player. Freaking. If he comes out like in, in this game against Boston College and he has no points and 11 rebounds. Yeah. Three blocks. <laughs> three, shots. I was going to say two or three blocks had to be added there. He'd be like, Ethan Moore by giving the player the game tomorrow night. Be, oh, that would be so great. I would love that. Let's get Bill uh, in here. Bill, welcome into the drive. And I what's up? Hey. Uh, yeah, you said we've never seen a Louisville team like this. I, I did last year. <laughs> it's the same same bunch of clowns almost to a T that Kenny Payne didn't bring here that he's stuck with. And, you know, <laughs> as far as him being able to bring recruits in, well, he's been in the pros for a few years, so his connections were cut off. I don't know why everybody thought he's going to automatically bring them in. You know, he's going to have to build those connections up for the high schools again. It's going to take a couple of years. Uh, I don't understand why people don't see that. Uh, it just surprises me. Listen, I, I'm not entirely sure either. I appreciate uh, the call there, Bill. I, I mean, I, I don't know. But I think anything that Kenny can give us substance-wise will be – would be better, but here's the thing. Uh, here's the rub. Like this is exactly the the dilemma that I'm talking about. The like Kenny's got to make it clear. Like it really is like an incorrigible roster, and I don't really love the fact that he called them clowns. I'm not here. I don't like. We don't have to do that. Players like that's you can not like it, but I'm not. I think they they leave a lot to be desired, but I, I'm, we don't have to do clowns. Uh, so let's. We could be a little bit better than that, but like he's got to make it pretty clear. Like you know, we're doing everything we can. The guys don't listen. Okay, maybe. But when you do that, you sound like you're just blaming all the players. Like in the end, his job is to make those dudes do what they're not doing. And so far, he hasn't done that. And it could be that they don't listen. Some kids are incorrigible. If there's anything I have learned, not everything my kids do is a reflection of what I've done, and I've had to sort of really actually believe that but a lot of it is so i act like it always and if i tell you what i would wonder how it would be received by you fans if kenny started doing the jocko uh the extreme ownership if you're familiar with jocko willink and the, his whole uh, uh philosophical approach to like management and leadership basically like even when he calls out players End it by saying, and that's our, or whatever. If he just went extreme the other way and blamed himself for all of this, probably would play a little bit better uh, in people's minds. Let's get to Jeff in here. Jeff, welcome into the drive. What's on your mind, bud? Hey, uh, how's it going today? All right, how are you? Doing well, thanks. Uh, uh, two comments. Uh, one, it's up to a coach to make players a little better, regardless of their talent level. And we haven't seen that. And so... What bothers me is it, maybe he can take a, a group of five stars and make them better, or maybe he can't. And then we're stuck again with a bunch of can't-play elementary basketball. And my other comment was if I was in a locker room and a new guy comes in, there's no way he's going to outwork me in practice. I'm not going to let that happen. I, That's all I have. Yeah, appreciate it, Jeff. I, I think I agree entirely with the second part, especially with what he had to say there. Uh, we talked about the fact that, you know, it's worrisome that Kenny said the players, their reaction to a core four reportedly coming into practice and, and really standing out with, with over-the-top energy and his communication and, and, and all that sort of thing uh, as being something that they didn't like. Uh, that's that's bothersome. It's a bad reflection on them, too. That he could come in and immediately stand out by his practice. An outsider, a guy who has not been with you since last summer, 
is has brought a noticeable, according to the head coach, uh, improvement in energy and intensity in practice, I would be furious. And that's, I think, sort of the, the notes that I think Luke has really been hitting hard. It's like there's not enough guys on the team who take it personally. And Kenny can't make them do that. That's true. And maybe Kenny has found one, and part of the, the scouting and evaluation process is finding more guys who you don't have to do that part of it. Uh, but I think every coach tries to not have to do that part of it. Like, they're all – like, they would all give whatever. They probably – one whole child of their own or something to always get players who care, and then you only have to coach up this other part. Like, I think they would all, they would all love that, and they all have had – wildly mercurial, uh, giant athletic children who they have to do all kinds of management of. Like, there's no... You don't roster manage your way out of having to motivate players sometimes, especially boys from 18 to 22 who are the worst. And I say that as a former one of those. Like, this, it's the least reasonable time in, in their entire lives to try to drag maximum focus and intensity out of the 18 to 22-year-old boy. Like, it's the worst window possible. For that. So, coach, yeah, no coach gets to be exempt from the motivational part of this. And the fact that you've not gotten through to these guys is on them and you. Like, somewhere you have to change your approach. Or at least go down swinging that you've tried all the approaches or something. It's, it needs to be obvious that it's incorrigible. It's just not enough to be like, I told them to not do that and they just didn't, and they did it anyway. Like, man, that's, that, that does not work. Like, was the team just doing it in spite of the coaches? Like, or, oh, or they just, well, I told them they don't listen. Well, tell them some other yeah. way. Something. There's got to be a way to get through to these guys. If that, it, like, it, he, sh- I wish he was pulling where his hair ought to be out. You know, like, like not getting madder, but more like the, the, the meticulous, just being unsatisfied with every little thing. Instead of just sort of like, I told you not to do that. How about the next one? Texture said, I bet you, Mark, you're an angel at 18 and 22. Not a chance. Not a chance. Let's get uh, Nate in here. Nate, welcome into the drive. And I found the boat. What's up? I'm Jay right now. From 18 to 22, I was a A H O L E. See? You can write that down. Yep. So, yeah. And I got no problem telling you. But on the other hand, um, I have a son. Okay? And there's a lot of times where he doesn't listen to what I say. Yeah. Okay? But if my son, I don't know, like he's he's 16, so we're learning how to drive right now, okay? And if my son is doing something while he's driving and I'm with him and I notice he's doing it, I'm going to say, hey, don't do that anymore. But guess what? He's driving anymore, okay? We, as in me and him. I'm going to be driving. He said his little tail in the back, okay? You and if, if I, as a dad, continue to let him do what I'm telling him not to do, he's just going to keep on doing it and nothing's going to change. So if you got a guy who's on the court who is missing an assignment and you say, well, I told him, you know, uh, this is going to happen, he's got to go zigging when he's supposed to zag, and he's not zigging when he's supposed to zag, set his butt down and go to the next guy. There's got to be somebody on that bench. I don't care if it's somebody that – that can't shoot, can't dribble, can't if he can do what the coach asked him to do, get up let that guy try. Okay, and then maybe that'll light a fire under the other guy who knows he's a better basketball player, okay, knows he can score more points, knows he can dribble better, and say, Look, you want back in, you're gonna do it the way I tell you to do it. If you're not gonna do it, you're gonna sit over on the bench. I mean I don't maybe it ain't that simple. Maybe I'm you know, I'm not I'm not a, the basketball whisperer. I don't know. I don't know. But right. I don't care if he brings in somebody. Hell, I, you know, guys, if he came out to guys, look, I can't, I can't do this. I can't get through. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to call my buddy over here. I'm going to call some guy from over there, and I'm going to get that guy in here, and I'm going to get that guy to help me. Okay? You have to – you can't just say, hey, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You got to be doing something proactive to try and turn the damn thing, at least heading in the right direction. But I, I don't, I'm, I'm out of words. I mean, it just, I, I cannot believe 
that we're having the conversation that we're having and basketball is this crappy. All right, y'all be good. Nate, it's good to hear from you, buddy. Thank you for the call there. Uh, Your culture is what you tolerate. And that that is the problem with calling for for patience uh, and and stating, you know, sort of the the, the outcome doesn't matter because uh, as much because you know, you're trying to establish a culture and lay foundations and that sort of thing. Well, you, if dudes are, are laughing at hard work and practice, uh, we're not laying much of a cultural groundwork there. We're not laying much of a foundation. Uh, and I, what would be amazing? And tell me what, what you would think about this as, as folks uh, who are not fans of how this season is going at all. What like Imagine if the starting lineup tomorrow night against Boston College is core four and whoever didn't laugh. And we don't get one minute of, and I'm not, what I'm just naming dudes, all right. So like, there's no Jalen Withers, no JJ Trainer, no Sidney Curry, nobody. Those three guys, and who I don't care. Like they laughed, none of them. And Louisville gets their asses kicked by Boston College, but it's because they play Dan Payne and walk-ons and stuff the, almost the whole game. But but a message gets sent. That would be better than. It would look better. It would feel better. It would be better received than listless fearless in the worst way kind of a just sort of a casual basketball that that would be if a walk-on had to play 40 minutes against Boston College and they lose by 27 but it's because like my team is on the floor I told you bastards I'm not putting up with this anymore joking you know what I mean like that's I think people would feel better about that than watching a guy turn it over and then just sort of jog back down court that they definitely don't want to see. We haven't taken a break like at all, right? We need to do that. Yeah, no this hour we need a break. All right, let's do that right now. We'll come back and we'll finish things up here. Uh, get you guys in here on the drive and on the vote. Be right back. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it, but then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis on my lonesome here on a Tuesday. We've got a couple of folks who have been waiting, so let's get Max in here first. Max, thanks for waiting, buddy. Welcome into The Drive. What's up? Hi, how are you? All right. Um, So, I guess I'm going to add on to a lot of what other callers have been saying, but... I just can't help but think about, I guess, how last season ended and how despite, you know, loss after loss, the players looking dejected every time, they would come back the next game and play their butts off. And I don't really feel like we see that much this season. And and the three players that came to mind last year were, you know, generally L. Ellis, Jalen Withers, and Sidney Curry. And now they look... Incredibly dejected at all points. They don't look like they're playing. Well, L looks like he's playing hard, but the other yeah. guys, it just doesn't feel that way. And I, I really wish I was a fly on the wall this summer to see what, what, how that mentality changed. Because even though they lost, you kind of had the feeling that they're going to win one. They're going to win one. And you know, these same guys, the same core players from you know the end of last season. You don't you don't have that same feeling, and it's that's really all I wanted to say. But um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, appreciate appreciate uh, the call there. Yeah, I don't disagree, uh, and I don't think very many people uh, disagree there. That is the biggest difference, and I think it's the reason why you know, say uh, uh, Jerry Eves, like you know, Jerry Eves is, is constantly you know reminding people that uh, you know they they were 
bad down the stretch last year. Now you know you expect them to just be world beaters. No, they were last year's team would would be favored by ten over Louisville right now, right? Yeah, I wouldn't disagree like, with that. The, like last year's team uh, was unskilled; they weren't particularly well deployed, but it, it it was measurably much better than this in almost every statistical measure there is. That's the scary part. Uh, I think that the somehow the motivational inertia with those players is still here, but it has been compounded by the fact that multiple other elements have gotten much worse. Uh, I think back to something that Luke said a while back in terms of like the culture building and foundation laying and that sort of thing. Might they have been better off instead of losing the losing those first three games in particular by one to have lost those games by 15 with much more severe measures you know put in place like if the starting lineup for Bellerman was was dudes that should not have been out there the message would have been sent you may have been you may have just needed to rip that band-aid off but it is a fair point that consecutive coaches have struggled to motivate these guys badly uh but that's the job. Just because one guy didn't mean it wasn't good at it doesn't mean you get to not be good at it. It's still the job. Let's get uh, Coach Jack Harden here. Welcome into the job. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, fellas? How are you? Man, just a couple of takeaways I got, and I'm privileged where I work at. I can listen to the shows all day long, and you get a vibe from Diener all the way to your show when I'm on my way home. But going back to the pit thing, and I know a lot's been said about that, about just something about that just kind of seems to set the fans off worse. And I couldn't help it. And I go back to, you know, Denny Crum, and of course with Rick and all the other stuff that's happened. And I couldn't help but think to myself when I saw that kid turn around and smack talk Kenny Payne mm. standing on the sideline about where he told his player to be and his player didn't make it. And then he turns around and tells him about it. How Denny Crum, how Rick Patino's players would have handled that. There's, and I'm not saying cheap shots or punching or things like that. But I know their players. I've heard Marcus tell stories, Luke tell stories, a lot of other play, ex-players tell stories. They would have stood up for their coach. It might have been an elbow. It might have been a hard charge or a hard screen or something that would have been said to take up for their coach. You didn't see that. That bothers me as much as it does the 2-17 and 17 record. That is what it is. And there's plenty of blame to go all the way around. The part that bothers me the most for Kenny – I know he's had a lot of good coaches that he can call on or that he's worked with and played under that he can get some advice from. But the one that I think he would be the most benefit would be Coach Crum, and he doesn't have that because just because of his age and his health concerns and things that are going on with him. And I've wondered since this season had started if he had Coach Crum in a light of where he can lean on him a little bit more because it, to me, it's always something going back to the coach that recruited you and offered you that scholarship that you came and played for and you did great things with that you'd be able to lean on to be able to get that advice from. And seeing Coach Crum hug him on the tarmac and Wade Houston to be there and all those things, I don't put a lot of stock in Jerry's. And, I mean, he's just a blowhard. He's going to say whatever gets somebody to click or listen to his show, but – I feel bad for Kenny for not having that part, but with all the blame that there is to go around, at the end of the day, you can't coach talent and you can't coach effort. And we've not seen either one of those things from these players. Yeah. And that's a sad, sad thing as being a 50-year lifelong local fan. That breaks my heart to turn a game on and watch five minutes of decent play followed by 35 minutes of crap. And, I mean, that's really, really downtrodden to the fan base. And I speak for myself, but I listen to your all shows, so you get a feel about what everybody else does too. But that, that, that's just like a kick in the groin. I mean, it, it just takes the life out of you. Great show as always. Appreciate, I appreciate it. you taking my call. Thank you. I appreciate uh, the call as always uh, from you uh, as well. And the kind words, I appreciate that uh, from you as well. Let's get Ryan uh, in here before we run out of time here. Ryan, welcome into yeah, the job. Uh, yeah, uh, like I said, uh, Oh. 
getting thrown out there is that these these players that are left over from the team that's it's their fault that we're not playing well because they're not good enough well we won a hell of a lot more games last year which was still an unacceptable level with a first-time head coach who's in interim actually in a season where they went through turmoil with the head coach and the cloud over them and they still came out and played harder and won more games and like i said that was still an unacceptable level but and then kenny sits there after games and just kind of looks like he's unaffected you know one of our guys that we thought you know would care more about it than the fans would and he sits there and press conferences these certain things like you know the thing you repeated today of just the guys are laughing at him it seems like there's no form of discipline or, or, or trying to make them actually be better. Like, I, I don't know if he's just trying to hold on to get through this year, maybe bring in new players or whatever, but you took what we had last year that won last year. Then you added what seemed to be more talent and maybe lost a pure point guard and never added that, but it just kind of never made anybody better. And the level from last year seems to drop. And it just, it gets exhausting to hear people defend the coaching by saying that the players aren't good enough. Well, they were good enough to win double-digit games last year. I mean, you can't win one more this year. Yeah, I pre- listen, we were, Ryan, you were kind of going in and out there, so I appreciate the, the call. You know, I I think I under, philosophically, I guess I agree, like you can't coach effort, that, right? But kind of can. I mean, don't we think that there are some coaches who who get more out of guys than others? I mean, I th- I think Rick Pitino coached effort. Uh, I think it's a harder sell with some guys than others, but I think you can. I th- I don't think it's true that you can't coach effort. I think you you can uh, you can you can make it a standard. I think like that's how you do it. Or you know, just reward the effort with you know you're going to start next game because you were. Sh- Playing your ass off at practice, like yeah, do you, like that. you have to make it a standard, uh, and then basically your job is about managing the roster in light of your standard, uh, and that's you know just another way of saying that the biggest disconnect this entire season is in saying you're trying to accomplish one thing and then not seeing it playing out out there. Uh, but I these are still tender ears. I think give them anything. Uh, I think people largely. Uh, are happy to get, to buy back in. Salt with football, and Kenny's much more likable than Scott was. All right, that is going to do it uh, for us here. Be back at it tomorrow on the Drive and I Thunder the Bell. See you.